Today, we're going to continue our reading through the book of John. We're, we're in John chapter 8. So I want to encourage you right now to go ahead and go to John chapter 8. We're just going to continue our journey through the scriptures. Uh, as you know, this is the reading rant every morning. We spend time in the reading of the word. Um, and, and, and we're just journeying. We're just journeying through the scripture. I mean, many of you have journeyed with me through the Old Testament, through the entire Old Testament. And now you have the wonderful privilege of journeying with me through the entire New Testament. Some of you have already journeyed through the entire New Testament with me, and now you're doing it again. And I hope you guys have noticed something that every time we get to this, we're reading the same scripture. And every time we read the scripture, there's something new, something fresh, something that the Lord is speaking into Um and I just, you know, it's always, it's the depth of the wisdom of God, the depth that Paul speaks about in Romans chapter eight, the depth of the riches of the wisdom of the knowledge of God. I mean, there's just so much depth to him. And, uh, and so I'm so encouraged to go on this journey along with you guys and to read text, even to read it over and over again and get new things, new depth. Um, new discoveries, new revelations, and it's just an encouragement. It really is to go on this journey along with you. And so today we're going to continue that journey in the book of John, and we will be in John chapter 8. So go ahead and turn there. We're going to pray. And as you know, this is what we do. We spend time in prayer before we read, asking God to reveal himself to us. And so our posture is uh, prayerfully to ask those three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? What are you revealing concerning me? Let's dig in, guys. Let's dig right in. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for being present among us. Uh, you are Emmanuel, God with us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we're being reminded of that continually um, as we read through the book of John of the flesh that dwelt among us. And today, Lord, dwell with us as we read your word, Father. Lord, we come to dine and to eat the word today. And so, Father, I just pray that you would speak to us in a powerful way. Lord, do a work in us, Lord, as we read your text. Bless us, Lord God. Reveal or more of who you are. And Father, let this word some in some way, somehow change something in us today. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Have your way. John chapter eight. And I want to actually start from John seven fifty three, where I think we should have, where, where this story should have been broken up. One of the weird places in the Bible where it's like, wait, why is it starting here? But hey, it's okay. 753 says this. <laughs> And everyone went to his own house. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, 
came again to the temple and all the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought him a woman caught in adultery and they had set her in the midst. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Then again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up, he saw that he saw no one but the woman. He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. <laughs> then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me does not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I came from and where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am alone. Sorry, for I am not alone. But I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself. And my Father who sent me bears witness of me. Then he said to them, then he said, then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus said, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. And no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. <laughs> then Jesus said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Because he said, where I go, you cannot come. And he said to him, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Then he said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true 
and I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. They did not understand that he spoke to them of the Father. <laughs> then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do these things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. <laughs> then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They answered them. They answered him. We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Verse 37, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. But you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do not know what I've seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of, the, of your father. <laughs> then they said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself. But he sent me. Why do you understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, sorry, and if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, we do not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon. Sorry, do we not say rightly that you have a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon. Would I honor my father and you dishonor me? And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then Jesus said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. 
Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Goodness gracious. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus answered unto them, Most assuredly I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Ooh. Goodness gracious. Chapter 9. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. His disciples asked him, praying, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I, must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he said these things and he spat on the ground and made clay with saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who had previously seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore he said to him, how were your eyes opened? And Jesus answered and said, sorry, and he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and, and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay open his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to him, he put clay in my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. Then they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He is a prophet. He said, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight 
until they called the parents of him who received his sight. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he's from. The man answered and said to them, why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of what anyone, sorry, unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins. Are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when Jesus had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the son of God? He answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who may be made blind, sorry, that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Therefore, your sin remains. So much to unpack here. So much to unpack from this text. So much to unpack. So little time. <laughs> That's our theme. That's our theme. Almost every Bible, every, you know, I said Bible study, every reading that we do in our reading rant is a time where we have to resist 
the temptation of going into Bible study mode. Because if we did that, we would obviously be, we'd just be, we'd be stuck here for hours. As we talked about before, there's all this depth in this text, especially in John, so many layers, so much depth in John. And as we get closer and closer to the end of John, we're going to be begin to see the overall theme and the purpose of the book of John. What John is actually writing this letter for. And if you were here with us when we had gone through the book of John before in our reading, we brought light to all of this, which we'll get there. But when we had gone to this part of the reading, we had our focus set on the woman who was caught in her sin and how the Pharisees came to condemn her. And of course, Jesus says, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And of course, they all walked away. And we've, we, we, we studied that. See, Sarah remembers that. Some of you guys may have remembered that. Today, I feel led to spend time on the blind man who received sight. And it is a perplexing part of scripture. Um, it's a perplexing story because we see the encounter that this man has with Jesus. And we see the condition of this man. And what's interesting about just, just reading this portion of, of text, if you will, what is so interesting about it is how everyone was so comfortable with this man when he was blind. So I'm going to get right to it, y'all. It's been one of them days, so we're going to get right to it. Everyone was so comfortable with him in his debilitating condition. And what's interesting as we read it is, is that this man, because of his condition, was one who lived a life of dependence. He lived a life where he needed help. And many had attributed his condition to his sin. And it's funny because even the disciples, when they saw him, had a very weird compassion for him. It's, it's almost like, you know, it's one of those weird judgmental compassions, if you will. Oh, we feel bad about the condition that you're in, but what did he do or what did his parents do to have him fall into this state? What sin did he commit or what sin did his parents commit to have caused this man to be blind? What did he do 
to have caused himself to be in the state that he's in, revealing two things. The first thing is, is that sin, the consequence of sin, as we've talked about, is death, disease, destruction. When we see the world, we see the brokenness in the world. We see the pain in the world. We see sickness in the world. We see poverty in the world. All these bring to light the things that sin has caused in the world, how the world has been ravaged by sin. As much as we try to get to the root of all the issues in the world, beginning with social issues, to actually issues with our bodies, to sickness, to death, we're trying to understand it all because it's perplexing. At the root of it all is sin. And so it's easy to look at it and to see the consequence of sin, particularly in the life of this blind man. It isn't supposed to be this way. This man isn't supposed to be going through what he's going through. He shouldn't be feeling what he's feeling. And yet here he is, down and out, blind. It's funny how you can find yourself caught in a certain circumstance or situation. And the first thing that people presume is that you must have done something wrong or that your parents or your family or where you've come from has somehow caused it. Some of us are going through difficult moments and difficult seasons. And the first place that we go to is we feel shame. We feel guilt because we shouldn't be going through this. And many will look at our condition and look at our situation and somehow believe that there's something that we did to get there. Exactly right. Joel's friends. What did he do to get there? The injustice of the world. What did he do to get there? And yet wherever there is brokenness, wherever there is sickness, Wherever there is death, in this case, blindness, there is sin. However, the compassion that they have is one of that reeks of condemnation because somehow it must have been something he did. It must have been something she did. He could have done better. She could have done better. He could have done better. That is the parents, he and she, they could have done better. They had to have done something for him to find himself in this state. The shame that we love to transmit to people for the ailments that they endure, especially in the church. Like we love to tell people, man, you just don't have enough faith. Or if you were in God's will, if you're doing the things God told you to do, and not to say that there aren't consequences for our mistakes, but how do we justify a man who was born with a sickness, blindness? (laughs) 
But Jesus steps into all of this. And Jesus looks at all those with their judgmental eyes on this sick blind man, this man with this ailment. And Jesus says, he's not where he's at because he sinned or because his parents had sinned. He's here because there's a testimony that needs to come out of this. He's here by my will so that the works of God should be revealed in him. Ah, for those who have faith in Jesus, our current circumstance is not our final circumstance. Have faith. Where you are right now isn't where you will be. God is not done with you yet. And maybe you are where you are because there's a testimony that's going to bring light to his glory on the other side. And fam, maybe in this season, you might feel like you're down and out. And yet God is saying there's something that's going to be revealed through your season that's going to bring glory to me. No, God's not done with you. God's just getting started with you. Nothing happens by accident. Nothing happens by accident. And there's a greater glory for the pain that you're going through in this season. There's a greater glory. Jesus straight up tells them, oh, you think that this was him? You think that it's because he's, because of his sin. You think he's been going through this because of what he's done or what his parents have done. Okay, let me make it clear for you. There's a work of God that's about to be revealed in him. This man's pain is about to be the testimony of Christ. This man's suffering is about to be a testimony of Christ. This man's ailment was part of something bigger. There's a testimony of Christ that's being revealed even in all of this. Notice that even as we're reading through this text, that Jesus is using this to bring light to the sign of not only the consequence of sin, but the consequence of unrepentance. For those who didn't want to repent, he gives them the same analogy that you have fallen into the state of this man who was blind. Jesus was about to minister his message through this man's pain through this man's disease, through this man's sickness. This was all part of God's plan. This actually wasn't about the blind man, but it was about Jesus. It was about the sign of the kingdom and the sign of the work that Jesus is doing. That Jesus is saying, through this miracle, I'm bringing light to what I am doing to the world. That is that I am the light of the world. 
The condition of this man is the condition of every one of us. We see it in the physical, and yet you're all experiencing it in the spiritual. This man was born blind because this moment that I'm about to have with him right now is to bring light to the greater message that we all, due to unrepentance, are born in darkness. This was all God's plan. He says, I'm here so that the works of God can be revealed. I'm here to be a testimony of the gospel. This man is blind to bring light to the gospel. Just a little quick side note, if you'd allow me, because, you know, when I when I've only slept a couple hours, then I go into like old man rant. I'll try not to go to old man rant. I'll try not to do that. Let's just think about this for a minute. Just let's just let's just we're just we're just spitting out loud here for a minute. Just talking out loud off the dome from the spirit. Let's just talk real quick. I got a little problem with a lot of testimonies. I'm just gonna be honest with y'all. I have a lot of problems with testimonies. I got problems with testimonies. Anybody remember Testimony Sunday? You know when you used to go to church on Sunday and somebody would come up and give a testimony? If you didn't grow up in church, then you don't know what I'm talking about. It's all good. Then you grew up in church. Not only they, they have Testimony Sundays, maybe they had just a random testimony on a Sunday where somebody came up. And they would tell you, this is what happened to me. Or I was sick and I was healed. Or I was having issues with my bills and now, you know, the Lord took care of it. And we would leave with simply God doing the thing in them. We would leave just with the testimony. Oh, I was sick and God healed me. I had cancer and this and this and that. I thank the Lord. And then they walk away. And not, not to say that's not encouraging. It's not even to say it's not important to say that God did it. But this is bigger than just God did it. This should be pointing to the glory of the gospel of Jesus. And somehow we miss that. We don't really bring the gospel into it. We just walk away with just God did it. My problem with Testimony Sunday, if you grew up in church on, and, and you know, there was a Testimony Sunday at your church, is people go up there, they give all kinds of crazy stories about all the stuff they're going through. And then all of a sudden, you know, but I'm not there anymore. Thank God for that. And they just walk away. Of course, somebody who, you know, is acute enough in mind, has enough sharpness, will look and say, well, some of these things, I don't even know if God did. It was just over time. It was just done. And it's great that you're giving God thanks for it. But what was the purpose of that? The word of our testimony is to bring light to the gospel and the glory of Christ. And too many people are just talking about the stuff God got him out, but never pointing to the glory of Christ. It's not just that God got you out. It's what does that inform about the present work of the gospel that God is doing in us, through us, in the world? My blindness was not for me. It was for the glory of Christ. My sickness was not for me. Somehow this is bringing glory. Somehow 
God is revealing something in this. This man, his blindness was an opportunity for the message of the gospel to come out. That is that we've all been born blind. We've all been born blind. And what you see that this man goes through physically is what we've all gone through spiritually. And there are those who are going through it now. They see this man and they're going, hmm, this blind man. And Jesus is like, ah, but you see, that's you now. <laughs> and for many of us, we've experienced breakthrough. For some of us, it's sickness. For some of us, it's spiritual. For some of us, it's whatever it may be. For many of us, we know what it's like to go through a season when you're down and to not hear from anybody about it, only to receive people's pity. Oh, they must have done something. Oh, look at them. My God, what did her parents do? What did his parents do? You know, they just can't catch a break, those people over there. Shame. And so we'll get everybody's pity. But notice what he says. Notice what happens. Jesus meets this man, heals him. And when they heal him, those who saw him said, is this not he who sat and begged? Can I just pause here for a minute? I'm only on here for another like five, 10 minutes. Can I just pause here for a minute? Notice they didn't ask, is this the man who was blind? They asked, is this the man who sat and begged? Is this the man who was our nuisance? This is the man who always was asking for us for help because he couldn't take care of himself. They never got to the root of what was wrong with him. They were just annoyed and inured by his presence. And rather than getting down to what the condition was, they got down to their discomfort of his condition. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. They don't get to the root of what's going on with him. They're just dealing with all the things about him that make them uncomfortable. And they get to, and so they, they, they see him and they go, wait a minute, this is the guy who begged. Forget it. Forget the fact that this was the guy who was blind. It was, this is the guy who begged. Isn't this the one who sat and begged? Some said, yeah, this is he. Some are like, I think it's him. But I don't know because I'm not sure. And then they said to him, how were your eyes open? Like, how are you able to now see? So finally they talk and finally they say, oh, wait, this was the guy who was blind. How is it possible that this blind man can see? And he answered and he said to them, Listen, man, this man named Jesus came up to me. He anointed my eyes 
And he told me, just go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went, I washed and I received sight. That's all I got for you. I said, where is he? He said, I don't know. This man does not know who Jesus is. He's not a disciple of Jesus, has no relationship with Jesus. He's like, man, listen, I don't know, man. The man just showed up, you know, put some mud in my eyes, told me to go wash it off at the pool. I went and washed it off at the pool, and now I can see. That's all I got. And all of a sudden, everybody's got a problem with this breakthrough. <laughs> this is wild, y'all. First, you had a problem with me begging you. Now that I'm independent, and I'm able to sustain myself, you got. You still have a problem with me because at the end of the day, it was never about me. It was about you. You were comfortable with me when I was broken. Sorry, you were, you were annoyed by me when I was broken, but now you can't tolerate me when I'm healed. So maybe the problem isn't me. Maybe the problem is you. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I ain't got enough time. Maybe the problem isn't me, but the problem is your selfishness, your hard heart, your own agenda, your own comfort. Nah, there's no way, man. There's no way you could have been born blind and now you can see. Mm -mm, ain't no way. We ain't seen that before. No way. We ain't seen nobody do that. We've heard a lot of other things that other guys have done, but blind person seeing, we haven't seen that. No way. It wasn't you. Mm -mm. Don't believe it. We got to go check it out. We got to talk to his parents because, man, this man right now, he he's, he's, he's talking foolishness. What they're more concerned about is not whether he's blind and now can see. What they're concerned about is whether or not people are going to believe in Jesus. So, of course, they try to trap his parents because if they trap the parents, then they can go, OK, we can find discredit this man's story. So they go, let's talk to his parents as if they didn't know. They know this man because they knew his condition. They know this man. They were already they, they, they knew everything about this man. But they were trying to trap his parents. So let's ask his parents. His parents knowing that, hey, if we actually, you know, confess that this man, you know, is is the Christ or that he came from God or anything of that sort, this is going to get us in trouble. So his parents are like, listen, man, ask the man he knows. Just ask him. Listen, you just ask him. You can ask him because we, we ain't got nothing to say about that. <laughs> And this man who was healed is now being excommunicated because of his breakthrough. Because of his breakthrough. Because of his breakthrough. He's being kicked out. Because he was once blind among the blind, he could be part of the church. But the moment he got his breakthrough, 
he's getting pushed out and thrown out. It's tough to see and to be around people who can't. It's tough for your eyes to be opened and to be around people who refuse to see. And there are many of us here. Now I'm getting to my point. There are many of us here who are trying to get people to see something that they cannot see. Because the only way that they can see is if they have an encounter with Jesus. Blind people have no problems with you being blind. Blind people don't have an issue with you being blind because we can be blind together. But if we open our eyes, or in this case, have our eyes opened by Jesus, there are those who will be, there are those who will have issues with us. Many of us have dealt with this in our families, in our churches. Many of us, we, we were born just like this man has been born, blind. And the Lord came and met us when we were shamed for our brokenness, when we were shamed for our blindness, when we were shamed for our sins. And the Lord came and met us, spit mud on our eyes, washed them off. And when our eyes were opened, we saw, and all of a sudden in seeing, everybody in our midst had a problem with us. People were comfortable with the blind you, but now they got an issue with the you that can see. People were comfortable with the one who could not see. And yeah, they sympathized for you. And yeah, they felt bad for you. And yeah, you were going through all those seasons of addictions or broken relationships. Yeah, you were going through those patterns, those toxic patterns in your life. Yeah, you were going through all of that. And, and they, were, they all felt bad for you. But really, they just felt bad that they had to be around you. And now that you can see, now that Jesus has met you, all of a sudden, they don't want to be with you. This man who can now physically see finds himself being kicked out, pushed out, and the only place he can go back to is the one who brought his vision to him. Whew. And he came back to Jesus. Because my friends, you cannot make a blind person see without bringing Jesus to them. And if they won't receive Jesus, then they won't see. And for many of us who are blind and now see, we're trying to force something that cannot be forced. 
manufacture something that cannot be manufactured. It takes a personal encounter with Jesus to see. And our testimony is not going to be about scripture here, scripture there, argue this, argue that. Our testimony is going to be, fam, I once was blind, but now I see. This man had nowhere else to go back to because his church kicked him out. His parents are like, man, listen, I don't want none of that smoke because I want to stay in church. <laughs> his parents kicked him out. Sorry, uh, the church kicked him out. They were afraid to confess that he was the Christ because he'd be put out of the synagogue. Some of us were kicked out. There are many of us right now that are still struggling with that, dealing with that. We were kicked out. And this man goes back to Jesus. And that's when Jesus asked him, do you believe in the son of God? He answered, who is he, Lord, that I may believe him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him. And it is he who is talking with you. You see him now. He said, I see what I see. And Lord, I believe. I see what I see. And Lord, I believe. I see what I see. Jesus said, I came so that those who are blind can now see. This man's condition was a testimony of the human condition. This man's life now is a testimony of the glory of Christ and what Jesus does in the life of every believer. That we were all born blind. Ah, but now we all see. We don't have culture and religion to go back to, just Jesus. And then we can bring Jesus everywhere we go. So today, fam, let's make that our testimony. I was once blind and now I see. Whether you accept it or not, this is my story. I was once blind. But now I see. I see what I see. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here, Lord God. Lord, to see the testimony of a man who was born blind. Father, we reminded that we were all born blind, born, born into sin. And it was where you met us, Lord God, that you brought us to light. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that brought light to us, Lord God revealing your glory and your goodness. And Father, for many of us right now, Lord, who may be dealing with, um, Lord, maybe dealing with judgment, maybe dealing with those who criticize us for the new person that we are in you. Father, I just pray that you would give us confidence, Lord, rather than defending, Lord, who we are to simply testify to what you've done. So today, Lord, give us confidence to testify of you, to continually testify of you with boldness, regardless of whether people accept us or not, Lord, to not just seek after, uh, Lord, the acceptance of the world that has been blind, but Lord, to be a testimony of your light that causes the blind to see. So bless us today, Lord God. Let's be reminded of that, Lord, that we are all, we were all once this man. 
and now that we see. Father, teach us, Lord God, to have grace for others, Lord, to simply speak with boldness as to what you have done and your good works. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. I will see you guys tomorrow on Discord, prayer on Discord, discord.gg slash Opus Join us there if you're listening on the podcast. And also, if you want to support us, we're praying for more people to support us. Uh, it is uh, patreon.com slash Isaac Frere, patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Love you guys very much. Appreciate you all. Thank you for hanging with me. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow. God bless you guys. It's Theo's birthday, y'all. It's Theo's birthday. And if you guys heard the kids in the background, it's because Theo just got here. So I'm going to go smother her right now because it's her birthday. And she brings so much joy to us. And we're just excited to celebrate with her. All right, I'll see y'all. God bless you guys. Peace out.